Okay, everybody doing all right? Yeah. Everyone say travel light. travel light. Say it again, travel light. Travel light. Okay, if you're a new guest, thank you for coming out. We want to let you know we're in the middle of a series called Baggage. And our whole theme today is to tr- this whole series is the travel light. But uh, we realize about baggage, we all realize that we have some type of baggage, especially when we're trying to be in relationships. And what we, our whole goal was, the theme of our series was John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And we'll believe in God to remove those things that burden us down, those bags, by the power of his Spirit. Not that we do a great thinking or determination. We want God to remove that which is in us. Because sometimes we don't know we have it. Like the last couple of weeks, we talked about the first week one, we did uncertain. And that shook a lot of people about uncertain about my, my faith and what God is, who he is, where he's taking me. Second one was called worthless. And we discovered that sometimes we get our worth from outside of what God called us to be. And today I have the great, great honor to introduce to you a word that we all are familiar with um, that we can deal with right now or we just came out of it. But uh, have faith that you'll have it tomorrow. And that word is called offended. And I just felt all the energy come out of the room. <laughs> offended. Offended. Not a uh. Oh, it's a New York thing. Offended. Here's a question. Uh, you have someone you're offended with? Or you might be offended with God. But what we're going to do is spend some time in this heavy brick. And in my old days, I used to triple pump that, but now i leave that for other people. <laughs> Unpack that word offense. If you look it up in the dictionary, the word offense means resentment brought about by a perceived insult. Now, when you look in the biblical sense, in the word, the Greek, it means scandal on life, with the word scandal. It means this, that a snare has been set, a trap, to cause you to stumble. And when you look at that word offense, it's like, the devil put a snare out, bait it, and you'll walk right into it. And the way he put it there, because what he's trying to do, doesn't care if you go to heaven and go to hell. He does not want you to fulfill the things that God called you to do on earth. And when you look at that, you want to make sure that we identify the snare. Because snare is always hidden among things that you never thought about. When I had to do um, land survival and learn how to do land survival, guy from New York, that was tough. One of the greatest things they had us do is lay snares for rabbits. And we thought we, in the beginning we would never do that with rabbits. I'm never going to eat a rabbit. But about day five, without any food, we couldn't wait to get bunny. <laughs> and then we snare them, and then we hit them in the head with a, bat, with a stick, and then we had rabbits too. But the snare, we had to put the right bait. devil does that with us. If you look at your word, offense is one of those powerful words. It's one of the heaviest things that we will deal with in this whole series. Because it all depends how God opens our lives up. We're going to open our lives to him and to each other. It says this um, in Proverbs 18, 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. And what the writer is saying here, Solomon is saying here, just like this brick, we will take brick upon brick, stone upon stone, and build this fortress to protect ourselves, not knowing that we're actually building a prison to keep ourselves off, out. 
we want to make sure we protect ourselves and keep us from anything hurting us again. But the problem is you become imprisoned by what you've built. And I love what John Maxwell says in his book, The Bait of Satan. Not John Maxwell, I'm sorry. John Bevere says in The Bait of Satan. It says this, an offended Christian is one who takes in life, but because of fear, cannot release it. Now, if you're walking in a fence, you'll let certain people in, but the thing is, you'll, put, you'll let people in who's already offended because you have something in common. And you're afraid to open yourself up because I might get hurt again, or it might happen again, or this person reminds me of someone who hurt me. And you come into an environment like, say, church, where relationships are very important, and instead of thriving, you're failing. Because of something that happened to you maybe in the past or just recently, and you try to protect yourself, and someone wants to get beyond your circle to find, like talking about discipleship, and you say, well, that's as far as you're going to get because I'm protecting myself, but you're living a miserable life. And if you have friends who are protecting themselves, boy, you, that's hard, because all you get together to do is talk about your offense. Make sense? So we're going to look in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, where Paul is speaking to a whole church, a body of believers. He said, we're a body of Christ, and this is very important when it comes to relationships with one another. And this is the one thing that can stop or be a showstopper in our relationship that we actually need to get to the next place. We need, everyone say this, we need one another. That's the way God built that. Now, if you got your Bible, it's going to be Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must, you also must forgive. Let's pray. Father, we ask this weight of offense, this weight of unforgiveness, Lord, to be released in your, in your hands at the end of this day. Father, we know you have called us to do great things. Help us this morning to remove showstoppers in our lives that keep us from reaching the heights that you have called us to do, to be at. And Father, we need one another. And Lord, we need to be honest with one another, but also we need to be honest with your word. Search our hearts. Clear in our hearts so we can clear your word and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I told you about offense, it's one of those things that I call a showstopper in our lives. You can wind up being offended with God because you don't understand what he's doing. You can be offended with someone else. Most of us have, how many have marvelous families that you love? Everybody in the family. No one's raising their hand. How many got that brother or that sister? Everyone has a brother or a sister that is hard to love. Amen? <laughs> right. So we're going to teach you today how to love them. All right? Because there's no other way. You can't, you can't push it off. Let me go, go over a couple of causes of offense. One of you taking notes. One of it's called betrayal. If you've been betrayed. And you know, it hurts when you've been betrayed by someone close to you. And Jesus dealt with that with uh, Judas. Three years, Jesus, he was walking with Jesus, then he betrayed him at the very end over some coins. 
but he had other intentions than what God, what Jesus had for him. But I know I had to hurt as a, a fully man, fully God, that I'm watching someone that's already been predestined to, to betray me, but also know what his end's going to be. Had to be tough. Had to be tough. But we've all had those persons close to us all on a normal basis. They seem to portray everything that we try to do, or they can't be trustworthy. And it can sting, especially when it's close. When you get betrayed, there's two ways. You, is a boxer. When you get hit, you can get hit in the face, you're okay. But when you get hit in that gut and it knocks all the air out of you, and it takes you a while to recover, that's why I call it betrayal. You got hit out of nowhere. You weren't even expecting it. You got hit, and you're like, oh, my God, so I got to get the air back. And it takes a while. It takes a while. How about this one here, correction? Talking about discipleship and correcting. Jesus corrected disciples all the time. Now, we live in society today, but the word correction is kind of a bad name because now we deal together with our kids and when they're in sports and everyone gets a trophy for showing up. And coaches aren't allowed to say, well, maybe you need to work on that. You hate me? You're gonna, you're, no, I'm just telling you you need to work on that. It's fine. No, I mean, you're, you're still great, but you need to work. Well, no, no one ever told me I, didn't, I wasn't doing well. Well, I'm your coach. I'm the first one I'm going to have to tell you. Someone is not doing well today. But you can get offended. I quit. And I've seen it with young men. I quit the team. Why you quit the team? My coach made me do something. Yeah, he's a coach. In fact, he's talking to you today. Yes, he talks. I said, my coach never talked. He always yelled. <laughs> Mr. Capelli always yelled at us. He's this close. He frowned. I'm like, Mr. Capelli. He didn't know how to turn it down. He was just small, just tall, real tall than him. I think that's what the way he had, small man syndrome. But he yelled, and we responded. Today, not even yelling. Hey, I need you to, one, read your Bible and, you know, tell me what to do. Because we care about, because Jesus cares about you. He don't want you to stay the same, and he always sends someone over to tell you that. I get it on my own. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's why we need one another. Make sense? Last one is expectations. This one you can get offended with God. You expect something from God, and he comes a whole different way. John the Baptist dealt with this in Luke chapter 7, verse 18 to 23. John the Baptist came out. He was, he was there, precursor to Jesus, getting ready to people prepare for them to come. And he knew what Jesus' speech was. The eyes will, I mean, blind will see. The poor will be raised up. And they'll set the captives free. He knew those words. They put him in prison. And then he's watching all the things take place. And he sends some guys over. Are you the one? This is a cousin. Are you the one or should we look for another? He was upset because he thought he was going to be set free. Jesus said, told the guys, look, go back and tell John people are being healed. The blind are seeing, the, the poor are starting to see a greater way, and greater the, I mean, and blessed are those who are not offended by me. His expectation of Jesus was completely off, and it can happen. He was in a tough spot. He said, Blessed are those, because God will, how many know God will offend your mind? He'll offend your plans, He'll offend your heart until you understand exactly what He was doing. John finally came back and said, Oh, my goal was to come prepare. I'm going to spend eternity with you anyway. My time is up. Some of you might be in a, in a place and you felt that you've been crossed over, but it might be God's plan to put you in something greater. Because even with Joseph, when he was taken out, you got brothers that want to kill you, 
Wow, what a guy. What a, what a family. But then at the end, when they said uh, they were so nervous, Joseph's going to kill us. He said, no, what you plan for evil, God plans for good. Some of your stuff is being, don't hold on to it. Might be planned for good. So he said, blessed. Those are not, and God's saying he's preparing us because we will be offended because I have my own way of thinking on God, how God should answer a prayer. And when you're offended at God, you'll be offended with everyone else. That's the number one person you need to make sure you're not offended with. And you got to make sure your relationship with him is pure so you can have a pure relationship with others. What's the very, there's a uh, foundation of, of, um, of offense. It's really unforgiveness. Anything that a brick stand, of offense stands on, the floor and the foundation is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness opens the door to a lot of things. When you refuse to forgive, you become imprisoned. And it's offense. And everything around you, you see skewed in a whole different way to your own understanding. And we've seen people who got who are dealing with unforgiveness, who can't deal and get away from unforgiveness. They're going strong and something happens and all of a sudden they back out. And they always have you always have some proper excuse to keep you from let's really deal with it. But someone hurt you, someone disappointed you, someone might have betrayed you without even knowing it, and you pull back. So unforgiveness is a foundation of offense. Now, unresolved offense guys will grow into bitterness. They'll grow into bitterness. One thing about bitterness, <laughs> it is deadly to any organization, any church, any family. I love uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen says this. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Everyone say the grace of God. Grace. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. The root of bitterness, the poison of bitterness, can be very contagious in any organization, a church, and your family, because it affects the whole family. I made a joke. Well, I talked the story last, the first service, when I was transitioning out the Air Force, we went to call transition assistance. And I went to four-day class to teach you how to, um, to succeed on the other side of the military. And I remember sitting in the first class, and we were having a great time, and the teacher was teaching, and next thing you know, about an hour into the class, we heard this, the question kept coming up. How much does she get? She said, uh, excuse me, sir? How much does my ex-wife get? Um, I have to talk to you offline on that, but I think she gets, oh, okay, because she's not getting a dime. Okay, so we're going on, she's teaching. After lunch, two more. How much does she get? And they're all sitting apart. About day four, they're all sitting together. And I know she had to start a new class. How much does she get? They get. <laughs> and she's not getting the dime. They came in to tell me everything about their life, how she ran. And I said, did she follow you for the last 20-something years? And he was offended because she's going to get half. She's not getting a dime. Every one of them. It was a concert. And she would say, I'm going to ask a question, but not for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens with us. Offended people will find offended people. And we'll start our own offended church. 
Our own organization, we're all offended together. We don't want to be like everyone else. We want to be offended together. And we'll, we'll, have, we'll celebrate together how offended we are. Until you turn on one another. Because what you turn on the other, you're going to turn on one another. You're going to hack each other off. Just as plain as you did someone, someone did to you. They've been there. I'll never do. You, hey, think of, you're thinking about someone who offended you. You're on that list too. You have offended or offending someone right now. But it, it's contagious. And what, happen, what happens to it? It causes trouble. Oh, more does it cause trouble. I don't have time to even go through it. And many, here's the thing, many become defiled. He's talking about our organ, he's talking about church here. Many become defiled. I've been in places where many have stopped walking with the Lord because of this subject. They just quit church. They quit people. They gave up because the expectations of people and how they respond to pressure. They gave up. Come defiled and walked away from the faith. They got, they got caught up in a snare. And they're living their lives in a snare. Angry and miserable. Affects my family a lot. I have a, a nephew. Some of you around when my sister passed away and I had to fly home to bury her. And he refused to come to her funeral. He said, I don't care. You just bury her in a box. He was so angry with her. Bitterness that sprung up in his heart. His whole family has it now. But what he's living in the word now that no one wants to talk about is regret. Because once you take that, you let that go to the grave, there's nothing like someone standing over that grave crying out the words they should have said when they were alive. But then they think, was this really worth it? Uh, oh, broken down. Was it worth a broken down house? Was it worth it? Is half the stuff we argue about really important? No. But when you get caught in a snare, you think it's the whole, it's not, it's not. It's just water on your bridge. But we make it this big thing, and it gets bigger and bigger and bitter, and then we add the family in. And then we have the kids. The kids are mad at your family, and they don't even know why. Why are they mad? I don't know. Mom and dad's mad, so we're all mad. We're fighting wars now overseas because kids are picking up weapons that father and mother picked up. They're, learned, they're being taught to hate. They don't even know why they hate. They're just taught to hate. Bitterness does that. And it gets into full circle, and then we see what we're seeing today. Everyone seems to be bitter about something. Even the newscasters are offended. We don't know why. You're supposed to be objective with the news. Well, we're going, oh, but you don't understand. No, I don't understand. You're offended. You're, and bitterness is soothing out. Problem is, it affects society, especially when it comes to respect and honor. It offends. When you're told, well, don't trust them, don't trust the police department, yeah, you have a few bad apples, but don't teach them that all of them are bad. They're the good guys. What happens is, bitterness, you sow it into your kids. Not you, but you can sow it into your children and your children's children. And generations raised up cannot stand each other off one little bullet. And that's the results of broken family relationships, biological and spiritual. You can't get along with your biological family. It's hard to come here <laughs> and get along with each other. That's why we do what we call Victory Weekend and Victory Day, because we can identify that, that trigger that's causing you to foul out in relationships. Because it's you, it's not them. It's not them. They got their own thing, but like Jesus said, they don't even know what they're doing. But you have more control over yourself than they do of themselves. You can choose something. 
So Jesus, when he wrote, when they wrote this, um, Paul, when he wrote this, he understood that God put something in place to keep us from falling into these things, into offense. Because again, it's a snare. You have to look out for it. But he understands something. He says, when you look at, um, when we get back in our text, in verse 12, before we get to verse 12, in Colossians 3, 9, it says, we are to put off the old man. We are to take off the old self, like the old nature. Pull that off. And then he gets into verse 10. He says, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of his creator. Who's our creator? God himself. So we have a new attitude the way God would think of things. God always forgives. Not say it's easy, but it's supposed to be done. He said, take off the old self. Now you got to do that every day. Pick up your cross, what, weekly? Daily. And die to what? Your old self. Put on the new man. Then you get in verse 12, the new man has a new coat, has a new look. And he also has a new ability. So take off. You got some of you are trapped by the past. That happened in the past. Take it off. Give it to God. Surrender it to Him. Because it's gonna mess up you today and you don't have no tomorrow. Don't get trapped and you you know walking around your little fortress. I don't want anybody to know. They can tell. They can tell. And you can't hide through social media. I'm telling them. All you're doing is telling them how hurt you are. That's all you're telling them. And you're afraid to talk to them. What do you tell them? You don't want to talk to me face to face. That's what it's saying. But then our text in 12 and 30, new self comes with a new look. Since 12, put on then. It's like putting on a new coat. You reach in your suitcase, put on a new jacket every day. Then as God's what? Chosen one. Say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Man, I'm, I'm chosen. Holy. Say, I'm holy. I'm holy. Right, now, holy means set apart. I'm set apart to do something special. Now, last one is beloved. Say, I'm beloved. I'm beloved. He can say it this way in real language. I am loved. Yeah. See? When you got that set up, who cares what people do? Right. I love the way he put this. Now, he wants you to put on compassionate hearts, put on kindness, put on humility. Someone has, I love, I love uh, Dr. Phil when he says this, someone has to be the adult in the room. <laughs> what do you mean? Walk in humility. Who cares if you're up to, you know, so I'm at an age, I don't care. I don't want to be right no more. <laughs> I just want to relax, right? <laughs> That's all I want to care about, really. Go ahead and argue by yourself. I'm done, really. I can't, I can't afford the blood pressure stuff. It costs a lot. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Meekness. Power under control. You ain't going to talk about how strong you are. There ain't no inner strength. Patience. Oh, everybody say, oh. Now, that word patience is kind of a unique word. It means long suffering. Now, before you get there, I'm not that way. No, God's with you that way. So you got, and the created is the image of his creator. There's no way out. There's no way out. The message says in verse 12, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Put that wardrobe on. I got that from your Bible, hon. I like that Bible. I wish they bought me one. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> 
I've been reading it all weekend. Anyway, <laughs> put it on. That wardrobe, what? What happens is, you hear, my, you hear me say it all the time, read your Bible every day, every day read your Bible. You got to come out of yourself and put this Bible on, read it, put your coat on, and you don't respond or react to what people say they do to you. Even when you say, um, I forgive you, and they act, it's okay. You let it go. You released it. But you don't think the same way. You think the way God thinks. Now, it's a process. Because when you think you have patience, God has a way of sending the right person along at the wrong time in front of church folk. <laughs> and they really look at your face. Amen? You're all guilty. But not just a new look, a new abilities. This is where we get down to the meat of this. God already knew, guys, we're going to deal with this thing every day. Every day we have an opportunity to be offended. Every day. So how we respond to it is everything. The first thing he gave us, the response is patience. Remember I said patience is what? Long suffering. Long suffering. That word bearing with one another in verse 13 <laughs> means bearing, endurance, endure, patience. Now, you all have them sisters and brothers that you have no patience. That's where you start. I got one. I got one. And she teases me patience all the time, especially <laughs> when she wrecked my car. I had a lot of patience. And I got, in, I got upset. And now the Lord was teaching me about unforgiveness. <laughs> I said, well, at a distance, I'll forgive her. I'm fine with that. And then the city of New York sent me an envelope saying, when you sign this document, she's able to drive again. <laughs> Why? Bearing, bearing, is patience put into practice. And I heard in, the, in our, in our uh, uh, conferences last week, we need to practice in here. We can't get it right here. We can't get it right out there. But what happened? I said, yeah, I forgive. And God said, okay. Sign the document. <laughs> it was hard. But it was free. Our conversations were a lot better. Because you know you had that weird Thanksgiving time when everyone's offended with everybody at the table. <laughs> the family is sitting there. This is great. We had to do this more often. Like, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> Bearing with one another, patience and practice. Jesus had a moment. I think it's Matthew 17. Went up on the, the shoulder guys, the transfiguration. I've been on that hill. They were up there, and Peter was so enormous. He said, let's build three temples. And Peter, and then God came and rebuked him. Look, Peter, just, that's my son. Just listen to him. Just shut up. Anyway, <laughs> so they go down to the valley, and they're arguing on who can, save, who can uh, cast out a demon. And Jesus had a moment. He had a flesh moment, which I love because he's fully God, fully man. He said, how long must I put up with you? Come on, say way. How long do I must I put up with you? As long as it takes. God put up with me, and He's still putting up with me. As long as it takes. That's what bearing is. 
You think the best of a person, not the worst. Listen to me. Stop focusing on someone's faults all the time. Because usually when you focus on someone's uh, faults, you have your own, and you're upset seeing them as someone else. Find the goodness in people. It's like when you're working and your supervisor gives you all this time off, and then he tells you to work overtime. I can't believe you forgot all that, that good time you were was, was skating. And now this one time you remember that. That's what we do with one another. This one thing, you remember that, and you hold on to it, and you hold on to it, and you hold on to it. It becomes your own fortress, and you're dealing with the same thing. But it's easier to tell someone else. Now, the other one is fun. He said, he didn't finish in 12, he said, uh, 13, he goes, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Now, it's an interesting thing about forgiveness and being offended and keeping it within the context of the person that you're dealing with. In Matthew 18, 15, this is one thing that you got to realize. Every time we get out of a new members class, we say, guys, when you leave this class, Matthew 18 should be a model of reconciliation because God wants to be reconciled. He says, whenever your brother, a brother sins against you or offends you, Go and tell him or her his fault between you and him alone. Y'all tracking with me? Don't go tell so-and-so. Don't go tell. Because you change the story every time you tell it. And then when you reconcile with your brother, they're still mad. Because now you put a seed of doubt and a seed of offense in them. Because it spreads. And you wonder why you're talking to people in half the room looking at you like, Mm-hmm. I heard about it. What? What? You know, it's because we have to get better at that. It says you gain your brother. Now, if it says it don't happen, you go back with two or three witnesses. And that don't want you to take them before the church. Now, us ministers can uh, testify to the fact we never get to the church part. The problem is we never get past the first part. Because when you tell someone, you offended me, I'm so sorry. Uh, and they said, I'm leaving. Don't want to work it out. And you ca- they carry it on from place to place. It becomes this fortress. Oh, the fortress showed up at your church? Yeah, it did. And the questions you get when someone comes into a new place, hey, how do you, ha- hey, how do you feel about this? And that's really a cover story. But if you do this, I'm out of here. That's what it really means. I get it. I get it. But that's just a fence bouncing around everywhere. But you go to that person alone, by yourself, by yourself, like the old, you know, like you used to. Don't do it in social media hoping they get it. I hope they read this. They're not going to read it. It's your souls at stake, not theirs. Their souls, they don't even know they did anything. You're the one that's down here drinking this poison. You're dying. They're not. Makes sense? Last thing I want to put down, you want to forgive quickly because it's just as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgive quickly. Message translation says this, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master has forgiven you. Now, this is hard but it's for your benefit. 
When you say I apologize or I am sorry, if they don't respond the right way, it's not on you. Your job is to put it out there. Now, the other side of it is, if you know you offended somebody, you got to go tell them you're sorry. You can't even give, if the Bible says you can't even give your gift at the altar if you, have, you know your brother has something against you. And that's an that's amazing thing. And then some of you know, the questions, Pastor Rich, you don't understand, how many times I need to do this? How many times? Because, you know, Peter went up to Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell Jesus seven times, number of completion. Do I forgive him seven times? He's like, Jesus probably, he's hoping that, give, uh, that uh, Jesus will give him a merit, give him a, a merit badge. Good on you, Peter. He said, no, um, Peter, um, <laughs> 70 times seven. Which, if you know math, which I don't, but I looked it up on the internet. <laughs> 490 times. What he's saying is, as much as I've forgiven you, you forgive. And I know, being a Christian, after <laughs> five years, I think I went over my 490. <laughs> Easy. I can rack up 12 in a week. I mean, not in a week, an hour. Come on, somebody. No, no, don't sin. I forgot. Y'all so perfect. <laughs> now, there's a scripture in the Bible that we got to realize that when Jesus says something twice, he emphasizes something important because he knows it's a showstopper. And it's, it really is the basics and the foundation of the gospel, forgiveness. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father will also, what, forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither would your father forgive your trespasses. Now, a lot of us look at this thing, well, God won't do this? No, God can't do this. He can't go against his word. Because if you look up in verse 12, you say this prayer. How many love the Lord's Prayer? How many say it often? How many know it's, it's a lot of pressure when you say it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, even though I'm not satisfied. Um, <laughs> Forgive us as we have. You prayed that. That's his will. If you don't follow through on your side, he can't follow through on You make him not do it. He can't do it. He won't go against his nature. Now, what happens when you're not, you, you walk in this unforgiveness, all of a sudden, everything shuts off from you. You'll say, I feel so far from God. I can't seem to receive because you're shut down. Because let me tell you about forgiveness, unforgiveness, guys. It's a sin. It's not a, uh, 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 it's not a, um, uh, what you call, this is my um, shortcoming. It's a sin. And God cannot look upon sin. Jesus came on the cross and died for us. Become, take the sins of the earth, of the world away. And when we say, I don't forgive, we don't, re we don't really receive the, for the forgiveness that he gives. What we're saying is what you did doesn't even count. And I don't know how much I was, I'm not that bad. I wasn't forgiven much, but you got to learn to forgive. Or offense will lock you up and put you in chains. One thing about the word forgiving is based on the root word for grace. How many know by the grace of God we're all here? That he, didn't, he did not judge me on my behavior. He judged me because he's God. It's not easy. Because we want to be right. But God calls to be righteous, not right. 
And let me share a quick story with you. The band comes up. Me, you know, I've been, me and Ms. Donna have been here since 99. And I come from a place, I came to this place, this church, most of us. <laughs> Boy, angry, hurt, been betrayed. Had a mission about diversity. I was a promise keeper, um, I was a promise keeper, um, um, sectional leader. Things blew up, dealing with racism. I was hurt. Came here. I said, I'm gonna, I, that summer 99, we went around. I must have preached at all these different, 98, sorry, thank you, 98. Um, must have preached at a lot of churches. I had ideas. I'm gonna go. I came to this church once. I said, I'm not going here. And I said, I'm going to go hang out with one of my friends. I'll just do church with him. We, we're fun. We, we're friends. He said, man, no. I'm like, man, no. I'm offended again. Anyway, no. He's, he sent me here. And I sat in that chair over there. Unst to me, I didn't know that my mentor was tracking everywhere I went. And he called the pastor here. He said, Rich and Donna Brown are in your church. I called their pastor, old pastor, and I found out they did it right. Because the first thing, if we didn't do it right, they would send us back to do it right. But I was mad. And I had a, a young guy that had a drum over there named Kevin. Uh, first it was Booker. Booker, in fact, um, shook my hand at first service. Then I had a young man, Kevin, came up. He said, Pastor, because I was dressed. I was dressed. I had nowhere to go, but I was dressed up. <laughs> he said, man, I know. <laughs> you can do more than dress up. Okay. I, I kind of like that. And we, I said, well, I'm not doing it. We're going gonna, gonna to be a church person. We're going to come to church, and we're going to go to Luby's and have lunch and say, we are check the box. <laughs> God had other plans. And every moment by moment, they was kept pushing and pushing and pushing and not pushing, invading our space. But more and more, I kept reading the word. And we started praying and understanding. And then one day, I blew God, Donna called me and said, it's okay. And we're already doing things in this church. As far as I thought we were going to go, because someone told me here, there's no room for you up here. I wasn't trying to get room, but I was just trying to be a regular church person. And I had a call the next couple of days from my mentor say, hey, want to be associate pastor here? Now, it's like the, hmm, the Joseph story. I love what Toby Mac, I couldn't get it right. I love Toby Mac. Don't, don't judge me. So you're going to have scars in this life. You're going to have scars. But the scars are to make you stronger, not bitter. Make you better. If I didn't go through that, because at the end of the day, you got to say, thank God for that. If I didn't go through the pain of diversity, I wouldn't have the patience of diversity today. Right. See, the pain has a purpose. But I had to give it to God, and I had to release them so I can be released in what he asked me to do. Some of us are sitting here on a pin of offense, and I used to work on ejection seats. And one pin will keep you from going where you need to go. You can pull all the handles, you can do all the right things, you can tithe, you can go offering, you can come out here, you can dance, you can be slain in the spirit, but you're walking in un unforgiveness, you're not launching anywhere. 
because you're stuck and you're walled up, but you're really bound because that pin of forgiveness, you refuse to pull. Now, here's the thing, guys. I want to help you with this. We have moved into a place in America, or just worldwide is, it used to be about what's your truth. A lot of people understand the truth of the gospel. But there's this thing called preference. And they prefer, they'd rather run with their preference versus the truth. Think about it. Well, you don't understand what I went through. There, there you go. I don't think they're going to put you on the cross. Yeah, it's painful. But guess what? If you prefer to stay in this, you're going to be miserable. The truth that I come, who the Son sets free, is free indeed. Who wants to be free or be caught up in bondage? That's what he says. But it's all about preference over truth. And we add a little feelings into that, and our theology comes warped. And God knows how hard it is. That's why he put it in the Bible for us to walk out of it. There's things, wait, there's people waiting for you to walk out of it. That's the greatest thing about forgiveness is a gift. I'm so glad he gave me repentance. He didn't take score. Rich, rich, rich. Gave us repentance as a gift. Forgiveness is the greatest gift of the gospel. You forgave me. I offended you a hundred times. I said you weren't even God at one time. I said you were lousy at one time. He didn't take anything I said. He just did on his character. I'm God, and I'm in control, and I am love. How many want to serve a God like that? You got to trust a God like that. You got to trust a God like that. Let's all stand. I'm, I'm asking for the power of the Holy Spirit to invade everyone's lives in this series. He won't invade your life if you're shut down. And you'll know who you are when you're shut down. Nothing excites you about the gospel. Nothing excites you about people. Nothing excites you about your mission. Nothing excites you about your job because you're so shut down your own self, you don't want to release to what God has for you. And then you'll blame everyone else, but the problem is you're the preference. You're preferring to stay bound. And the truth says, I come to set you free. Close your eyes. Say, Lord, I trust you. Say, Lord, heal my pain. Lord, help me to give this away. Lay it at your feet. I lay it at your feet right now in Jesus' name. And I pick up freedom. I pick up healing. I pick up your presence. I pick up your spirit. I pick up all that you have for me. But Father, I got to lay it down at your feet. This is not my end of my days. This is just the beginning of my life. And Father, I declare right now those who are stuck, those who are walled up, walls are breaking down right now by the power of your spirit, by the power of your might, God. We ask right now, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it, break it. Yeah, just set the captives free, guys. That's who you call. Don't want to be captive to my emotions. 
Don't want to be captive to my preference. I want to be free in you. And we believe and we say, God, take it all. Take it all. Everyone say, take it all. Take it all. Take it all. Take it all.